Welcome to Real Estate and Coffee. My name is Joel Arndt. Today is Monday, November 11th, 2019. Here's some Canadian real estate news while you enjoy your morning coffee. It's Remembrance Day. It'll be a messy Remembrance Day. Weather's not predicted to be pretty. Mind you, I don't remember a Remembrance Day that had pretty weather. Both my uh, grandparents, my grandfathers, well, my, on my dad's side, he actually fought in the German army. And we have our suspicions, because he, when he came to Canada, he never talked about Germany again. And we're not quite sure how he got here, and we suspect he may have defected. But because he remained so closed-lipped about it. We don't know. Later on in years, he had, um, especially as his mind started to deteriorate, he, he had nightmares about, about the war. And he, our, my grandparents grew up in a much different time than we did. Their concerns were significantly, man, when your headlines each day are about how many losses there were in some kind of epic struggle, it's not something that we've ever experienced, that my generation has ever experienced. So, that's something I'm always going to try and keep a finger on. And remember that what we have wasn't always like this. And there were whole generations who lived through their culture and freedom being threatened. So, this morning starts something a little different. Got to go to Wealth Hacker 2019 on Saturday. And it was everything I hoped. Got to connect with a lot of people. One of the things I was able to do was interview 27 people, investors, about their, uh, about their path, about their path to or, or through financial independence. In their short one to two minute interviews. So each morning before I read the article, I'll play one interview. And the idea is to provide a realistic snapshot from A to Z of what 
an investor's life looks like in just the many ways that people have achieved financial independence. So, to start off, I give you the first part of our Wealth Hacker series. Okay, so start with uh, your name and the best way people can contact or find you or what you want to promote. What do you want to... What's your name? Hi, my name's William. And how can people find you? Uh, they can go to my website, warensvanstonegroup.com. Perfect. What, uh, what is your favorite investing strategy? I'd say buy, rent, and hold. Real estate. Real estate-wise. Uh, have you? Are you financially independent? Uh, not yet, but fairly close. I'm doing better than a lot of people. I know that. <laughs> it's not a comparison game. That's cool. What's your? What's your? What do you see as your ticket I'm, to financial independence? I'm looking for multi-unit properties, so I hope to eventually have six yeah. or seven of those, and then I'd feel I'd be doing pretty good then, and I would do other stuff. What? Okay, so here's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask. Um, some comparison stuff so and, and just give me like a one-word answer so I'm gonna say something like um, rent versus own and you can say rent own both or just something quick so rent or own your primary property I'd say both uh, cash flow or appreciation cash flow uh, I gotta think up some more of these <laughs> <laughs> um, stocks business or Real estate. Well, I'd say real estate, but then business as well too. Cool. All right. Thanks, William. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Today's news article comes from CTVnews.ca. Canadian economy lost 1,800 jobs in October. Unemployment rate steady. The number of people working in Canada edged lower in October following two months of big games as the manufacturing and construction sectors lost jobs. Statistics Canada said Friday the economy lost 1,800 jobs in October following gains of 54,000 jobs in September and 81,000 jobs in August. The number of full-time jobs fell by 16,100, offset in part by a gain of 14,300 part-time jobs, while the unemployment rate held steady at 5.5%. Economists on average expected the economy to add a total of 15,900 jobs and an unemployment rate of 5.5%, according to financial markets data firm Refinitive. Scotiabank Deputy Chief Economist Brett House said the October jobs numbers were the weakest since July, but added that one soft month won't have much impact on the Bank of Canada's stance, particularly after the strong gains in the two months that preceded it. On details, the mix of full-time and part-time jobs changes was poor, House said. 
but we continue to see strong wage gains at over twice headline inflation, which reflects the fact that Canadian businesses continue to cite labor shortages as the most important constraint on their growth. Despite the small decline in the number of jobs, wage growth in October held steady. Average hourly wage growth year over year for all employees was 4.3% for the month, the same as September. The manufacturing sector lost 23,000 jobs, mostly in Ontario, while the construction sector lost 21,000. Employment in other services industry also fell by 18,000. The losses were offset in part by an increase of 20,000 jobs working in public administration and 18,000 in finance, insurance, real estate, rental, and leasing. The jobs report comes after the Bank of Canada's decision late last month to keep its key interest rate on hold at 1.75%. In making its decision, the central bank said inflation was on target and the domestic economy has held up well in many respects, even though it's feeling the negative effects of slowing global growth. Josh Nye, senior economist at Royal Bank, said the future direction of the Bank of Canada will depend on the resilience of the Canadian economy, particularly in consumer spending and housing. A healthy labor market is key to both, and there is little sign of deterioration in today's report, with the unemployment rate remaining low and wage growth continuing at a strong pace, Nye said. Regionally, BC added 15,000 jobs, while Newfoundland and Labrador added 200 at 2,700 jobs. The number of self-employed workers in October fell by 27,800 jobs, while public sector employees rose by 28,700. The number of private sector employees fell by 2,700. On a year-over-year basis, employment was up 443,000, an increase of 2.4%. Here's a quick look at, a, at October employment. Un, unemployment rate, 5.5%. Employment rate, 62%. Participation rate, 65.7%. And those are all largely unchanged from the month before. Number Number unemployed, 1,122,700. The month before, the number unemployed was 1,113,200. So a slight increase in unemployment. Number working, 19,163,400. Number working, uh, whereas the number previous number working was 19,165,200. So also, or so, you know, accordingly, a slight decrease. Youth, 15 to 24 years, unemployment rate, 11.3%. It was 11.9% in September. So the unemployment rate in youth has dropped a little. Men, 25 plus unemployment rate, 4.7%, 
last month, the month before, it was 4.5%, so that's gone up a little. Women, 25 plus, unemployment rate, 4.4%. The month before, it was 4.3%. Here are the jobless rates last month by province. Newfoundland and Labrador, 11.1%. The month before, it was 11.5%. Prince Edward Island, 8.4%. The month before, it was 8.8%. Nova Scotia, 8%. The month before, it was 7.2%. New Brunswick, 8.1%. The month before, it was 8.3%. Quebec, 5%. The month before, it was 4.8%. Ontario stayed flat at 5.3%. Manitoba inched up to inched up to 5.3% unemployment rate from 5%. Saskatchewan edged down to 5.1% from 5.3. Alberta edged up to 6.7 from 6.6%. And British Columbia edged down from 4.7 to 4.7% from 4.8. So British Columbia went down Alberta went up a little. Saskatchewan went down. Manitoba went up. <laughs> Ontario held steady. So this is really all over the board and very minor shifts. Newfoundland seemed to make the biggest shift, 4.4%. No, Prince Edward Island did 0.4. No, Nova Scotia increased by 0.6%. Yeah, that was it. Nova Scotia by 0.6, and they edged up. Statistics Canada also released seasonally adjusted three-month moving average unemployment rates for major cities. It cautions, however, that the figures may fluctuate wide, wild, mm, widely because they are based on small statistical samples. Here are the jobless rates last month by city. I'm not going to worry about previous month stuff that could get a little crazy. I'm just going to pick out, I'm going to nitpick. You can visit, oh, I, as always, I provide the link to this article in the show notes. You can click, oh, and I will also provide the link to the actual Statistics Canada report. Um, the reason why I'm not reading the report specifically is because it, it dives deep into the numbers and that would get super dry. So, but I'll link to the report as well. So if you want to dive into the numbers, if you like that. So, um, Halifax bumped up a bit. St. John, New Brunswick mm, bumped down a little bit. Montreal's flat. Ottawa bumped down a bit. Toronto went down a little bit. Hamilton went down a little bit. St. Catharines went down a little bit. Oh, Kitchener-Waterloo went down a point. What is that? Seven? That's pretty good. Brantford went down a bit. Guelph went up. Windsor went up. London went down. Barrie dropped a little. Sudbury drew, went up significantly. Thunder Bay dropped. Winnipeg, Regina, Saskatoon all dropped. Calgary. Rose, Edmonton dropped, but both by a point, by like 0.1. Uh, 
Kelowna's flat. Vancouver went up by 0.4. Victoria is flat. So although they were predicting the last two months had pretty significant gains, economists were predicting significantly less gains. And then we didn't gain overall. So just something to watch. These aren't major moves. It could just be a seasonal thing too. Um, but it's hard to, when you're looking at national numbers, it's hard to make certain claims about the reasons why those numbers move. It's like trying to say, oh, Canada's housing market is doing terrible or excellent because markets are so local. Um, so this is where I enjoy the city by city breakdown. You know, I can see that Hamilton's inching down, Toronto's inching down. That's what I care about. Those are uh, Brantford's inching down, St. Catharines inching down like that. Those are the markets that I invest in. So, you know, it's a good thing. Um, I'm also interested in Sudbury because that's where I come from. Well, not Sudbury specifically from up north though. And you know, that, that went up a little bit. Um, they don't have North Bay on here. I should go look up North Bay's numbers because that's important to me too. So go look up your city, your province, your markets. That's what's really important. See how their jobs changed, what the trends are. And uh, email me, recoffee at joelart.ca. So recoffee at j-o-e-l-a-r-n-d-t dot c-a. Let me know how your market's doing. And let me know what you think uh, the bright points are and the concern points, points are for your market. Now that the Wealth Hacker Conference is done, uh, you may think I don't have anything to promote, but I will always have something <laughs> to promote. But this time it's a little different, so pay attention. This is something near and dear to me personally and something that I've been watching for, well, since we moved to Hamilton and we learned about these people and their organization and what the partnerships that they're doing. And it's always been a, this organization and its partnerships and projects have always been something that I've given to, that I've been investing in. Indwell is a, a community and a housing, a community and housing organization that it's a they're, they're a real estate company. Indwell is a real estate company, but they build, they buy rundown buildings, refurbish them to fantastic standards, award-winning standards, and rent out the units to uh, people in poverty at rental rates that they can afford. And this is a charity. Indwell is a charity, a real estate charity. And so they get but they don't just do a lot of their buildings are mixed use 
bottom floor commercial, top several floors residential. Now, with a lot of the buildings, the past several buildings and all the ones moving forward, they're building to a passive house, a passive building standard. So the energy efficiency, it's like their, their buildings are 75% more energy efficient than your typical build. Does mean their building costs are slightly more, but they're making that commitment so that it's easier for the month to month costs to be less. They see it as an investment in each unit and in each person who's in that unit. And then not only do they serve affordable housing, but they also provide community programs to serve the people who they are housing. Because a lot of the people they are housing have addiction issues. They have mental uh, obstacles, mental illness obstacles. They have physical illness obstacles. They have their social impairments. And so they create community in these buildings around these people to serve them and provide them a better quality of life holistically all around through all aspects of their life. This is something I strongly believe in. If we are going to create wealth for ourselves, I really do believe we have an, and I believe it's a duty. I believe it's a responsibility to create wealth in whatever form that takes for, for each of us individually to take what we have and multiply it. And then as what we have multiplies, not just for multiplication's sake, but because it needs to be reinvested, replanted. And I believe, strongly believe, reinvesting in indwell because they understand that real estate is a people business. the returns on those investments are amplified year over year because they focus on people and not just buildings. So I want to make as much money as possible so I can lift causes like indwells. Now, specifically, Houston Street Baptist Church here in Hamilton is building a brand spanking new building on uh, on James Street, on James Street North. So James Street North is an interesting area because it's there's a lot of gentrification happening. It was once one of the roughest areas in Hamilton and it is now becoming one of the most sought after areas for people moving to Hamilton from places like Toronto. But in the middle of that, there's still a lot of poverty. So Houston Street Baptist Church, the, lead, the leadership there decided that instead of just building a mega church, which they could have done, they could have just bought the property that they bought, essentially a block of buildings and built up a really nice church. But they decided that they wanted to serve the community as much as possible. And so the main floor of the church will be, uh, the main floor of the building will be commercial units and a community center. 
actually, I don't know if there'll be any commercial, but there'll be a community center and the church offices and, and sanctuary. And then there will be several floors of affordable housing units on top of the church. So they're partnering with Indwell. Indwell is going to run the community and uh, help them run the community center portion, the community programs, and Indwell is going to manage the affordable housing units. And then obviously the church um, will own the building and actually, I don't know how the ownership, what the ownership structure is like, if it's joint ownership between Indwell and the church, but they're partnering on the whole thing. The foundation is in, the framing is in place. It's, it's, being built to a passive house standard, so super energy efficient. And they're getting really close to completion. They figure completion by March or April 2020. Now they still have some... They've raised most of the money through government uh, grants and funding, city funding, um, through the church's own fundraising and because the church isn't that big like they really on their own cannot afford a project of this size and so indwell's partnership has been huge to indwell's connections and fundraising ability has been brought to bear for this and it's been spectacular but there is still more i believe 5.7 million dollars and I'm, I'm going to get real crisp on these numbers um, so that going forward they're exact but but $5.7 million left to raise. So here's my goal. I want to help them raise $1 million. Through the people that I touch on a regular basis, that I talk to on a regular basis, the people that I work with and, and have fun with. And I'm in directly and indirectly, indirectly connected to, I want to funnel $1 million to indwell into Houston Street Baptist for this project. I, I already give. It's something that I regularly, every month, I give a portion of my paycheck to. It's one of the charities I believe in that um, I want to consistently partner with. And I want... And I believe that for anybody else looking for a worthwhile investment, this is it. Because if you ever wanted something that was, first of all, wholesome, second of all, real estate focused. If you're a real estate investor and you are tired of people complaining about the housing crisis, this is a way to put your money where your mouth is and do something about it and say, look, and, and, and be a part of a solution. If you're someone who is passionate about the housing crisis and worries about how, uh, about where their kids will live and, and where their um, grandkids will live and worries about how the, the well-being of, of the community that your kids are in, This is exactly the kind of solution 
that serves that need. So whether you can give $100 or whether you can give $10,000 or $50,000 or $100,000, someone out there listening to this can give a mil- can give a full million dollars and that needs to happen. Let's do whatever it takes to get you to get your trust fund or personal money planted in this soil where it is going to impact people for generations. Your money will be the lever that will lift people out of poverty. I need 10 people to donate $100,000. If you don't know someone who, uh, if you can't, if you personally don't have access, because I personally don't have access right now to $100,000, but I know people who do. And so this is for you. Let's do this. Let's bring this together. Let's put a million dollars into this soil and just lift with as much might as we have po- uh, as we have available. And see how many generations we can lift with our action right now. Okay? If you are interested in finding out more, I have a ton of information. Email me recoffee at joelarnt.ca and Let's figure out exactly what it's going to take to um, get you on board with this with this lever, putting your might, pushing, adding your might to this leverage. It's Monday. Have a good week.